<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My name is Noel Michael Smith, and you're listening to the Low Food Fitness Lifestyle Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where in the world you are. Why am I singing that theme tune? And where is that theme tune from? I'm at, can you make a guess or do you know already? Yeah, you got it. It's from Star Trek. And they use a version of that in Star Trek The Next Generation. But I love I love the 60s style, the 60s original. I actually have a disco version of that. They actually made a 70s disco mix of that tune. I'm going to play it to you. i try and get it out to you within the next couple of weeks. It sounds so good. I love my disco. You know I love my disco music. Bee Gees, Gloria Gaynor and all those other people from the 70s and early 80s. They were great times dancing with the men used to wear high heel shoes could you believe that and the bell foot trousers you know the, the pants that flared out at the bottom great days man great days your collar sticking outside the the, the jacket it's all good it was <laughs> yeah it's all good but this is why i like soulful house because soulful house is an extension on disco and when you go to these soulful house scenes it's a mixture of crowd all different colors and men and women all having a good time, no animosity, no attitude. It's just go out there and dance your heart away. But let's get back to the task at hand. Today's show is called Disappointment to Success and Disappointment to Success. You know, not Disappointment to Success. It's Disappointment to Success, right? So we have a disappointment and we make that disappointment and we turn it into success, something successful. And this is part two of what I spoke about on the last episode. Why was I singing the Star Trek theme? Because I get a lot of my ideas from Star Trek. I was, <laughs> let's get my words out today. The last episode that I did, episode 107, I did a lot of ranting, right? I said a lot of things and I listened back to that. It was very negative, negative, negative. But I felt in that mood. I felt like that from what I got back from the guys at grading. And on top of that, you know, my daughter locked me out of my car. I didn't tell you that. On Sunday, the grading finished at 1. I didn't get in my car till 4.30. Luckily, it was a great day. I had spare keys at home, but I needed spare keys to get in my house. And the spare keys to get in my house, the person who's got my spare key was my daughter, in fact, my older daughter, and she wasn't around. So I got locked out of my car. My seven-year-old locked me out of my car, man. Can you believe that? <laughs> I wasn't annoyed with her. Well, I was annoyed with her. Tell the truth. I was annoyed with her, but I didn't show it. Because what can you do? The car, the thing's already in the car. You can't go crazy at the little girl, can you? She didn't mean to do it. But she was oblivious and playing around anyway. She didn't even realise. But there you go. We didn't get in the car till many hours after the... Um, the event had finished. But let's get back to what I'm talking about. We're talking about this whole Sunday that was that was a carnage. It was crazy. It was just a train crash, a car crash, whatever kind of crash or wreckage you could think of, it was it. And today I'm going to be a little more upbeat because I'm going to find solutions. And that's what I'm about. I'm about finding solutions. I don't like somebody who's let me rephrase. People who say, and you get girls who say this to other girls a lot of the time, if their husbands or boyfriends are being not very nice. You get their friends saying, 
Why don't you just leave him? Now, I think it's irresponsible for a friend to say that to another friend. They may mean well, but there's a lot of implications there. There's the financial, there's the children, there's a house. You've got to, you know, there's so many different things. You can't just up and leave. And they wouldn't do it. Yeah, they wouldn't just up and leave. What are you going to do? Live on the street, take your kids and live on a park bench? It doesn't work that way. Yeah, but I'm diversing. I'm going into something else. But the point I'm making is that you have to have solutions when you give advice. And when you ask, tell someone to do something and you're not happy with something, have a solution for it. I always have a solution for my children. I don't just tell them, don't do this. I tell them, this is how you can do it. Yeah, and there's always a different way to do it. There's always a different way. Right, so last episode I ended by referring to the executive center of your brain. And I want to talk about that a little bit further on in more detail today. The executive center of your brain is called a prefrontal cortex. And what is that? Well, first of all, your prefrontal cortex makes up 35% of your brain. (laughs) I hear what you're thinking. I hear what you're saying. Well, that's less than half, Noel. Yeah, it is less than half. But when you put that up against a chimpanzee, which is the nearest thinking species on this earth to the human, they only use 11%. Humans are essential beings. We're intelligent beings on this earth, yeah? And we've been given the right to rule the earth. You may question that. We're all the things that we've, bad things that we've done, pollution, cutting down the trees, killing animals, um, endangered species and all that stuff. Yeah, we've done some pretty shocking things. But I guess that comes with being an essential being on this earth and having the capacity to think and do things for yourself. What is the prefrontal cortex? What is that? What does it do, I should say? The prefrontal cortex is responsible for focusing your mind, empathy, judgment, organization, impulse control, communication, goal setting, productivity, and other important functions. What happens if it doesn't work very well, whether it's working overtime or it's not working enough? Well, it needs to be in the middle. It needs to have a balance, like all things on this earth. Yin and yang is always good for most things, right? That's, that, that's a common ground and a, a common place you should start with anything. Now, if it doesn't work too well, if it's inactive, you imagine a teacher has not set you any work to do. There's nothing for you to do. You're sitting in a class doing nothing. Your brain is going to slow down. It's going to become lazy. If you switch off, most probably want to go to sleep. Yeah, so you need stimulation on your brain in order for it to work. And then it could go the opposite way. You imagine a sergeant major, an officer, or better still, let me give you another example. A mentor overworking his, his apprentice. He gives an apprentice a job to do, but he's micromanaging him. He's looking over his shoulder to see if he's doing the work very well. Now, anxiety and nervousness is going to set in. So you don't want to be overworked. You don't want your prefrontal cortex to be overworked. You want to be a, have, a, have a steady balance. Now, everyone's different in that regard. Some people could take much more heavy-duty work on their prefrontal cortex, while other people cannot. And some people can have a more relaxed uh, prefrontal cortex, while others cannot. It just depends on the individual. That's why we're all different. That's why we're people. That's why we're humans. Now, why am I telling you all this? Because what happened on Sunday has got to be solved. I've got to get 
down to the nuts and bolts of this issue. And I'm going to help you and your children and, and your teenagers and beautiful, wonderful people out there with some of the stuff I'm going to say here right now. You have to be a growth-minded thinker, which means that you've got to be thinking all the time in multilateral ways. For instance, you want to practice on something. We all know that we've got to practice. But practice on what? If I show you how to do a punch, and I say go and practice on that punch, if I don't give you specifics, you're going to come back with nonsense. If I don't say keep your hand vertical or horizontal, whichever, because we do both punches. So if, you, if you're doing a, a punch from low food fitness, I'll say keep your fist vertical. If you're doing a punch from low food comfort and kickboxing, I say go horizontal. Again, it depends on what punch you're going to do. But I break it down to its nitty gritty. Two things to do. These are the two things I want you to concentrate on when you do this punch. So when you come back to me, I know whether you've been practicing on those particular things or not. Because if you have... 55 things to practice, you're not going to do it or you're going to do it rough and you're not going to want to do it. Also, practicing doesn't mean you take a massive chunk out of your day to do this thing. This is not productive. As I said, you've got to have a growth-minded thinking attitude. How long does it take to do a punch? A second? Two seconds? Three seconds? So if you did four punches and we say a punch is two seconds, that's eight seconds, right? So you don't need that much time in your life, out of your life, to do the technique. You want to do a little bit each day. Chip away, chip, 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 chip away at that piece each day, like a carpenter. You ever seen a carpenter carving out of raw wood? He takes a piece of wood, he's chopped a tree down. We're talking about chopping trees down. But he's got a, this tree from the wood, you know, the kind of wood that you probably put in your fireplace when you're stoking your fire that kind of wood and he will put it on his log on his instrument in his vice and he will carve a beautiful shape out of that he'll carve piece at a time you chip away a little by little at a time until you've got it until the thing that you're doing is second nature not only is it second nature it's clean because cleanness doing something clean is is important you want it to look tidy it's going to look messy if something looks messy you execute you may as well have not learned it in the first place because it's going to look like you're trying to con the person who you're showing it to. If it's clean, slow and precise, there's no trickery going on there. It's just what you see is what you get. If I say that you've rotated shield frequency, what would that mean to you? Now, if you're into Star Trek, and let's go back to that, because remember, the reason I sung the Star Trek theme tune at the beginning of this is because I had to dig deep down into my books, some of the books that I read, to find out why my students were so blank-minded on Sunday. And th th this is where I came up with the prefrontal cortex, and I, I, I'll dig deep into that right now. Rotating shield frequency. I've heard this on Star Trek. I learn a lot from Star Trek. I learn a lot of medical terms, a lot of technical terms, and it, it teaches you so much. And this is what I miss with the new Star Treks that are coming out right now because they're very action-packed and not educational. And I, I like things to be educational. But coming back to the rotated shield frequency, it's a force field that they use on a ship when they're being attacked. 
if you have a frequency, this is fictional, I may add, right? Remember, it's fictional. I, I know it's fictional. You've got to understand it's fictional. But we're going to bring this round to a real-life situation in a minute. We're just using that metaphor to bring my point across. Now, if you have a rotating shield harmonic, phases that are coming in to hit the ship cannot go through the frequency because it's constantly rotating at different frequencies each time. Use that philosophy when you are practicing or you're working out something. Don't do it in the same place. You will be practicing upstairs in your bedroom, then you take it downstairs in the lounge, then you go out into the garden, then you go out to the front yard, then you go to the park. You take it all over the place. Syllabuses. Now, your syllabus is what we use. There's syllabus in ballet, and I suspect there's one in gymnastics and stuff as well. A syllabus is a series of techniques that you have on a sheet that you have to follow to get your next grade. That's a syllabus. So you stick it on the fridge. Some people have done that. They've stick their syllabus on the fridge. You could put it on the back of a door. You could put it in the mirror in the bathroom. Just have the syllabus everywhere. So every time you see it, you just do a technique each day. Do a technique every other hour and so on. But you have to keep on doing it. Now, these guys, they were forgetting what they were doing. I don't know what they do at home, but I'm just coming up with reasons why... They may have failed. They didn't fail the grade, but they failed, in my opinion. They failed me. They failed me. And there was a time when I used to say to my students, I, I haven't said this in a while, actually. What the heck? You know, it's so good talking to you all out there because little question marks just pop up in my head and I think, wow, I've not said that for a while. I used to say to my students, you have to go out and impress me. Just a little thing like that. You got to make me impress when you go and do your grade. Anything you're going to do. Do you want me to say that's not very good? You want me to say that's terrible? Or do you want me to say it's amazing, it's wonderful? It's a no-brainer. They're all going to say to me, I want you to say the second one. Well, you go out there and do it so I can say that second one. Because believe me, I would say the first one if it's not great. You have to go and impress me. Don't impress anyone else. Not your mum, not your dad, not anyone else. You've got to impress me. I'm your teacher. I'm the guy. I'm the man. Yeah? I used to say that a lot. That used to get some reaction. What happened to that? What happened? <laughs> oh boy, I'm okay, right? I'm okay. But, you know, I want to talk about the educational side of things now. Coming back to Star Trek, there's a Star Trek show. I just watched it. I had to watch three or four episodes of The Next Generation to to get all this information to you because it just brought back some memories of the times I used to sit down with my older children and watch it. And I, I miss those days, really, because the new Star Treks are, as I said, they're not the, they're not the best anymore. I, I watched them. I watched them. They're action-packed and the 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 camera effects are great but no great actors the, the actors aren't great they're too all too serious you know you gotta learn to laugh at yourself right you could have a laugh with yourself anyway educational side of it i think that's what's missing with things if you watch something and it's all action and there's nothing to go in your brain to hook you in your brain it's just a load of stars and ships and technology and this it's not even teaching you about technology it's not teaching you anything i learned so much from the jargon these guys used to use on that show 
And you were not just watching a vision and watching people move around. Your brain was switched off because that's what happens, you know. You know, watching mundane TV is actually less brain pattern. This has been tested, right? It's been tested, scientifically tested. Watching mundane TV, you use less brain neurons than you would do if you were to look at a white wall. Stare at a white wall engages your brain more than as if you would be watching the TV and there's nothing really going on there. This is what I'm saying. Star Trek, back in the day, and they're all on Netflix. Go and watch them. They all engage you mentally because you're constantly learning. And my classes are like that, both my fitness and my martial arts class. I am going to have to dumb down my kickboxing class a little. Well, I'm not going to dumb it down. I'm just going to change some of the syllabus. <laughs> Dumbing down is the wrong word. I'm not going to do that. I'm just changing some of the syllabus. I'm going to bring it up to scratch and make it, turn it into a, a modern day syllabus. A couple of more things I want to add on because I knew I knew when I started this podcast it was going to be a long one. I didn't want to drag it into three parts as this is the second part and I could have easily taken this over to another but I just figured let's just do a long one. We haven't had a long one in a long time. Not this long anyway. So let's just take it into a, a super long one and see where we go with this. Right, so the next thing you could do is a food. Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> Your prefrontal cortex needs to be fed, just like any other part of your body, and it needs to be nourished more than many parts of your body. That's your mind. You've got you to plemish that. If you do not, then you'll find yourself being lethargic, you can't think properly, and you start looking into space like the zombie movies. The next thing is drink. You've got to rehydrate your body, as you know. Again, hydrate your mind, and sleep is the big thing. Kids need, and in fact, everyone should have at least eight hours of sleep, if not a little bit more, because if your brain's tired, you cannot work. You know that. Having lack of sleep is like being on a substance where you feel real lethargic and uh, moving your feet around all the time and moving body parts and you can't keep yourself still. They Again, they did tests on this. And I'll come back to that in another podcast. What happens to your mind when you're sleep deprived? But we all know we need REM sleep, right? And without going into um, REM sleep, you are going to incur many difficulties thinking. So I don't know whether these children have been staying up late, playing their games behind their mum's backs and not going to bed. But it was a serious case of that. And you'll watch out for that for your own children out there. Those of you who don't come to my kickboxing, martial arts, kung fu classes. Now, the next thing is that you. This is a, this. I'm just going to end on this big thing here. Now, your prefrontal cortex is also responsible for things that you may be addicted to, right? Because it's not all good. If you're addicted to cigarettes, alcohol, or drugs, you may want to think about. What is controlling that? What is dictating your craving to want to have those things? Again, that's coming from the control center of your brain. So if you could control that, you can control those other habits. And people substitute the cigarette smoking for, what do they call it, viping or vaping? I don't know, I don't really care. But it's all vile. One of my girls I work with, what, what like the look of my my boy and they're both single she said she would not date anyone 
who drinks excessively, smokes, and whether it's vaping or a cigarette. Cigarette's worse, but she said, mm -mm, she's not going to do any of them. Took my hat off to her. Great girl. Great girl. Anyway, look, where are we now? We out of here. I think I've given you enough to go on. I have learned so much over the past couple of days studying this. I, there's a lot I didn't tell you also, but that, there's just so much going on in my mind and it's really cool. And it, this helped me to create a new syllabus and make it a better syllabus, making sure those kids come back November grading and they're strong and powerful and better than they were before, right? Like the $6 million man or the $6 billion man, I hear they're remaking that great series. They're gonna build in, we're gonna build you better, bigger, stronger, and faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, everybody, I see you until next time. Thank you for listening. I love you so much. Bo!